Hi, my name is DJ Harry. This is my wife, Lori, and after 25 years, it's finally time for us to start doing this. We have uh, been married almost 25 years now, and the Lord has given us the opportunity to begin putting some of our thoughts together in a video series. It's also going to be on a podcast as well. It's called Better Together, and we'd love for you to join us. The podcast is just the audio of what we're going to be doing here. And uh, we're just going to be diving into different issues that affect the home and marriage. And uh, so I'm excited today that we can jump into our first topic, which is uh, something that we had to address early on with our kids, and that is uh, making mealtime a family time. And uh, just before we get into the issues, uh, specifically the the things that we're going to discuss, um, tell us a little bit about why family time is important and how mealtime can be that? Well, I know for our home, um, when you're in ministry, it's very busy and hectic all the time. But we worked very hard from the time our kids were little to protect dinner time. We, As often as possible, we tried to have time at home where we sat around the table. Um, it got better as they got older. It was hard when they were all little. But we use that time to um, to spend time together as a family. It wasn't rushed. Um, once Laurel came around, it really wasn't rushed. Mm-hmm. She's our slow eater, and we laugh that we have to sit there till everyone's done, and we'd have to wait for Laurel. But it was just a time for us to be able to enjoy our family and to have some really heartfelt discussions around the dinner, dinner table. Sure. So I, I look back at our time together at the dinner table and I, I know sometimes families struggle to find 30, 40 minutes to sit and talk with their kids. And what better way than to take that family dinner time and sort of repurpose it and say, you know what, this is what it's going to be for. We are intentionally going to use this time for family discussions and to spend time together as a family. And uh, so anyway, and, and you know, that starts young. I, right now, as our kids are older, we can really enjoy family time around the table, but it didn't start that way. So why don't we talk about some of the things we did early on, um, and I'll let you go first, and then I'll kind of follow in with some some things that we did early on to try to make family to try to make dinner time more pleasant. Because I know it's it's not always the most pleasant time for families, especially with younger kids. Yes, particularly when you have toddlers in the house, and for many years we had toddlers around. Um, but they have to be trained. They have to be taught. And I would, I've would i always said kids are in public the way they are at home. And we were out in public a lot as uh, teachers and then as youth pastor and youth pastor's wife. We, we had to take our kids out in public a lot and a lot of times at restaurants. And so we had to spend time at home training, training them how to behave when they're sitting in their high chair, training them um, and it wasn't we weren't always successful yes food would fly on the floor at times but our kids learned very quickly um, what was expected of them and we made it a fun time at dinner well and just a thought and this is important I think sometimes it's easy to have expectations of what you think the kids are going to do in public but you don't expect the same thing at home and really the training for having children that are well-behaved, and we're not talking, you know, they're under the whip in public, but are well-behaved, 
you have to teach that at home. If they're not well behaved at the dinner table at home, then you've trained them so that when they go to the dinner table at a restaurant or at someone else's house, uh, then then it's a free for all because they're just they're doing what they've been trained to do. Um, so I think that's an important thing when it comes to family time. It really is a time of training. Like dinner dinner time is a time of training. Um, another thing that we chose to do early on that I think is important is when it came to food preferences, we we tried to cook we tried to cook meals that we knew would be uh, enjoyable for our kids and that our kids would would like to eat. And we recognized that each of our kids are different and there were some things that our kids didn't like. And as long as they were eating a well-balanced meal, as long as they were not eating junk food, then we didn't make a big deal about that. Like food preferences. Oh yeah. Um, who, who's, who's our picky eater? Emma is uh, our picky uh, eater. And... Um, I thought I knew what I was doing in training kids to eat a well-balanced way. Um, Caitlin eats very well. Andrew, even better. And then Emma came along. Which, and hold on. We have four kids. Caitlin is? She is uh, 20... What she just turned? 23? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. She's 23. Get, getting married this summer. Andrew is 20. Emma will be 18 in another month. And then our youngest, Laurel, will be 15 mm -hmm. at the end of March. So Caitlin just graduated from college. She's working on her master's degree. Andrew's a sophomore in college. Caitlin's a senior in high school. And then Emma is a, or Laurel is a 10th grader. Uh, should be ninth grader, but homeschooled. And she's able to work up in some of her classes. And uh, yeah, Emma is our picky eater. And what's funny is Andrew loves fruit. Caitlin likes to likes to play with flavors. Mm -hmm. Andrew likes fruit. Emma d does not like fruit or vegetables. Or vegetables. And Laurel is the one that's willing to try anything. It like, uh, and it's just our kids are different. So we made the choice early on that we're not going to make we're not going to try to make um, authoritative stands at the dinner table. I'm the I'm the dad. This is what mom has cooked. You are going to eat this. Now, obviously, if there's rebellion, if there's if, if that's going on in the home, then that's an issue that does need to be addressed. I'll be honest with you, though. I don't think the dinner table is the best place to address it. Mm -hmm. um, if you have a, a hard-willed child that is refusing to eat, uh, I don't know that food, which is a necessity for life, I don't know that that's the best place to deal with it. Now, obviously, you may have to deal with it there, but um, but we we chose not to make food preferences a big issue. Another thing we did when the kids were young is we chose to involve everyone in the um, the process of cleaning. When the meal's over, we don't all just jump up and leave stuff there. Now I know every family is trained a little bit differently. In our home growing up, um, the the rule was that when the meal was over. There were a couple of different jobs. One job was cleaning the table. The other job was washing the dishes. And I hated washing the <laughs> dishes. So my two siblings, Lisa and Sarah, will remember that whenever our meal ended at, when I was young, I would jump up and start cleaning the table. Um, I would take people's plates, start taking taking bowls in. And he still does and that I still today. Do that. Um, because... My, my thought was, and I, it got ingrained in me, is that's, that became my job. 
because I did not like washing dishes. So I still do that today. In fact, I'll, I mean, when we get up, I'm always grabbing plates and taking them over. Uh, and that's a good, that's a good habit to train your kids in that they need to be part of the cleanup process. And so our kids help with cleaning the table, putting things away into the kitchen. And that doesn't start when they're teenagers. That starts when they're young. In fact, if you try to start it when they're teenagers. Too late. Yeah, too late. It's too not- late. <laughs> we actually had a fun little rule in our house. Um, whoever does the cooking does not have to do the cleaning. And the roles have kind of reversed because obviously when they were little, I was the one doing most of the cooking Mm -hmm. or if I was away with cheerleading, DJ would do the cooking. But now all of our children like to cook. And so they would rather cook and let mom clean. And honestly, mom would rather clean and let them cook. Mm -hmm. So we've kind of reversed our roles a little bit. But we've used dinner time, as DJ has said, and especially the preparation of dinner time as family time as well. Um, We have a big kitchen island and everybody is around contributing and just enjoying cooking. And it's a wonderful way for DJ and I both, because he's a wonderful cook, to be able to teach our children how to cook Mm -hmm. so that when they go and they have their own homes, they know how to cook and they know how to do things. Um, But it's a fun time too. We have a lot of memories around the kitchen island. So we'll talk about the cooking in a second, but let's talk about family discussions because I think (laughs) as family, sometimes we are looking for opportunities to be able to talk with our kids about real life issues. And I'll be honest, I don't think there's a better time to do that than at the dinner table. Mm -hmm. Um, The day is coming to an end. The events of school and ball games and practice and lunch and the drama of things that have happened at school and all those different things, you sit down at the table, you have a chance to talk about, you know, what has gone on throughout the day. And then as kids bring up things that have gone on, you now have a chance as a parent to shepherd. And I think so often we overlook that opportunity. It's like, well, we just want to sit down and eat. Everybody's eating quickly and we're done. Train your kids early on that when we sit down to eat, let's be patient. Put the phones away, turn the turn the TV off in the background. We almost always had music playing. Now, we don't do that as much now, but when our kids were young, we had a little CD player in the kitchen or a little DVD player or whatever, and we would put music on and would be playing music during dinner. And again... It just gives it a soothing sort of background uh, ambiance, I guess, to the meal, whatever. And it, it just allowed things to settle. And then we would sit and, and within the context of the conversation, we would begin talking. And I can't, I can't help but go back to Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6, where God is telling the Israelites that when you, when you rise up and when you sit down and when you lay down and when you walk by the way, and any time that you are with your kids, you should be passing on your faith to them. And uh, the the meal time is a great way to do that. So we really used our dinner times for family discussions. Um, I would say we had probably every topic that we've covered in our house at some point we've had at the family dinner table. Oh, absolutely. And deep conversations that, you know, as Caitlin was moving into junior high and high school, we still had elementary students. Um, Laurel's eight years younger than Caitlin, but she sat there and she listened. She didn't have as much to contribute because she was in a totally different stage at that point, Mm -hmm. but she was able to sit and listen and hear the discussions that were going on. Um, 
no, I can sit back and have fond memories and still to this day. I mean, we still, though, to our way at college, Emma works almost every night, so is rarely home for dinner. But DJ and Laurel and I sit at the table and we have wonderful conversations. So a uh, lot of good memories made around the dinner table. Now, when we took our kids out, we probably could have divided this up a little bit better to taking kids out to eat because that has its own kind of, that's its own issue. But one of the things that we did early on with our kids when we did go out to eat mm-hmm. uh, in order to help train them to be able to sit still while you're waiting, you know, the 20 minutes before the food comes out, if you're in that type of a restaurant, uh, we would we played a little game. And it was a game that we called Ghost. Ghost. Where did you where did you come up with that? It started when I taught sixth grade, I think. I don't know. I'd have to call my students to figure it out where it started. I think maybe a substitute came in and taught them this game. And so then Andrew was in my class, so he learned the game while he was in my class. And it just became a fun game that we would do sitting around, um, not at home as much, but every time we went out to dinner. And honestly, the funny thing is, though our kids are adults, they will still ask, hey, can we play a game, a quick game of Ghost? So here's how you play Ghost, all right? So here's a great game that you can play with your kids. And and by the way, it's, it, it's educational as well. It teaches them. Mm-hmm. So you go around the table. Um, and, and you take turns on who starts. Okay. So the first person starts and you pick any letter in the alphabet and the second person then goes and, and the whole point is to spell a word. However, if you are the last person that spells any finished word, like if, if, if let's just play Sure. final conclusion. All right. This is the final would be the final round in the family. There's two people left. So I'll pick the letter B. Okay. A. A. Um, so I can't pick the letter D or else it would form the word bad and that's a word and I would be out. So B, A, I can't pick the letter R. So I have to think of a letter. Can't, well, that's a tough one. Wow. B, A, M. So A, B, um, S. okay, S. <laughs> All right, BAS. So, thank you for helping me. Which, by the way, is a rule you can't cheat and help someone out. And that was we always came up with these little rules for the game. So BAS. Okay. So now what? So so I'm safe because BAS is not a word. So then it comes to you and T. T. BAST is not a word. Now I'm thinking I kind of think I know where you're going. So I can say I. BASTI is not a word. I'm, I'm going to the word bastion, but I don't know if Me that's too. what she's thinking. We were thinking the so, same, so, so I, I, I did it on purpose, so I say O. O, and now the only letter left is N, and when I say N, I'm out because I formed a word. And then I'm out, and then it's hurt. But if you've got six people at the table, and, and teach your kids that it's okay if they're the one that gets out. Uh, there are a lot of great life lessons about losing that can be learned around the dinner table. And, uh, you know, it's okay. You're out. And as a parent, sometimes it's okay to be willing to be the one that gets out so that your kids can continue playing. Anyway, that's just a game that we played but early we on. But we had so much fun uh, playing that game. And it's funny because at different ages, kids can't spell well. And so they they thought they were heading in the right direction and they would get out. But it was a lot of fun. It took up, I and mean, you could waste 30 minutes at mm-hmm. the restaurant that's really slow. Yeah. So it's a good way to keep your kids, but yet they're not on devices entertaining themselves. We were as a family engaged and having a good time. Sure. Hey, as we as we wrap up, just to 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 go to maybe the older period of life. Now that the kids are older, 
um, it's a little bit different. We're not so much concerned about behavior. We're not so much concerned about training. We're not so much concerned about manners because those are things we established and dealt with early mm-hmm. on. Now, I think the benefit of dinner is the conversation and life training for the next stage of life. And I tell you what, each of our kids um, enjoy cooking in a different way. Mm-hmm. Caitlin, our oldest, uh, can take can take 10 ingredients out of the pantry <laughs> and some frozen chicken and has come up with very unique recipes that were absolutely delicious. And she knows spices yeah. and knows exactly what yeah. to put together and not because I taught her. There are there are spices in food that we use now that we had never used, we had never had in our pantry. Mm-mm. And Caitlin said, "Hey, we need to get this spice because it adds a nice flavor to the food." And so she has this ability to kind of think through the flavors of food, but that's something that she learned from trying. She learned from doing that, from yeah. spending time in the kitchen and us giving her the opportunity to investigate a little bit and to try out meals and and for her to say, hey, I want to cook tonight. And we said, that's fine. And whatever it was, we were good with it. Um, um, thankfully, it was good, uh, but it gave her a chance to, to learn to cook. Um, Andrew enjoys being in the kitchen. He does. Uh, he really does. And, and I think that's a good thing. Uh, teach your boys the life skills of being able to handle a knife and cook their own food and not just depend on the microwave. Um, a lot of life skills that we'll get to later. Which and if you don't topic. want to do that, then have them work at Chick-fil-A. They'll learn a lot of what to do in That's the back. That's right, yes. Andrew's learned a lot of skills in the kitchen by uh, working at Chick-fil-A. And ended up working in food, works at food service at college as well. And uh, But yeah, he enjoys, not as much as the others, but he is with us in the kitchen when, it's, when we're preparing a meal. Um, Emma is great in the kitchen, enjoys cooking. Laurel as well. Uh, Laurel has started... Um, uh, not the word investigating, but she started trying out some different things with some, like when, when we're cooking a meal, it's just like a leftover night. Um, she'll pull out this and pull out that and combine it together to make a meal that I had never thought of before with noodles and sausage and Cajun spice and this and this. And it's like, it looks really good. Mm-hmm. I would have never thought to have done that. We've never had that. And yet that's something that she's trying. And in the end, you want, you want your kids to recognize the value of food and good food and tasty food, because in the end, that's how they're going to feed their family. Mm-hmm. And so so it's a good thing that your kids are involved in meals. And we've come up with a few mealtime traditions, too. What What is the one that we started most recently with? So during, it was during COVID, I guess, and I don't know why, because our personal lives really didn't change a whole lot with COVID. Um, we... DJ's a pastor at a church. We live in the parsonage. We homeschool our kids. So school just kept on going exactly how it had been going. Chick-fil-A never really shut down. They just changed to curbside. So the kids were still going to work. But we started a tradition of making homemade pizzas every Wednesday night. And that's just what our kids expect. And when the and we started it with Caitlin at college, but she calls every Wednesday, and um, so she picked up on what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And so when she comes home, we're having pizza on Wednesday, aren't we? I'm like always. So mm-hmm. every Wednesday night, and it's just a quick meal that we can make before church. Buy the frozen dough in the deli section, our Walmart that carries it. Mm-hmm. I don't I know, not every, actually um, like Costco and Sam's, they carry yeah. it as well in the deli section. And then just buy a few toppings. And we just, 
and we don't sit at the table on Wednesdays. That's the one meal that when the pizza comes out of the oven, it sits on the counter, we cut it, and we all stand around. And I'm not talking we stand around and we run. Like, we're just standing around, and it's a different type of meal for us. Now, we couldn't have done that when our kids were young, but that's something that we've enjoyed doing. We For, for a while, when Caitlin was here, we did, we did Asian food a lot. Uh, our kids love different types of food. Asian food, they love Mexican food. So uh, Caitlin would love helping to cook with that. That's DJ's meal to cook? Yeah. Um, if we're having Asian, it's only because DJ's cooking it. It's a messy meal to cook, and it has a lot of ingredients. I'm more of the simple kind uh-huh. of cook. So when we want Asian, we get everything, and Dad does it, and then we're all helping, though. Everybody's uh-huh. chopping vegetables. Everybody's helping, and what? he works the magic in the wok. And like for our Mexican meal, everybody's involved. Uh, Emma makes the? Rice. Laurel makes the? Guacamole. The guacamole. Oh, she makes uh-huh. good guacamole. And then... And then Lori is typically working with the chicken. And as you said yesterday, when we were talking about this, I'm the taste tester. I come in and test everything. So yes. that's a meal I don't do a whole lot of cooking with. I just get to come in and enjoy it. But, you know, what we have learned over the years is that mealtime, while it often is something that is almost looked down on as a, a bother and a hindrance with young families, listen, embrace the time that you spend around the table with your kids, uh, train them at home. Uh, to be able to sit quietly and to eat well, to be able to eat without food ending up on the floor, that's important to train them there or else there because you can't expect them to act correctly in a restaurant or at someone else's house if you've not trained them to do that at home. And don't assume that they'll just outgrow it because I taught sixth grade for years and I was so thankful when we moved to eating in the gym because I had some sixth grade students, these are 11 year olds that didn't know how to eat. There was more food on the ground Mm -hmm. than there was going in their mouth. And so it doesn't get better if we're not doing it and treating, uh, training them when they're young. So take the time to train them when they're young. Absolutely. Hey, I hope this has been a help and encouragement to you and uh, make sure you subscribe, hit that subscribe button. Uh, Follow us on the, on our podcast, Better Together uh, is where you can get the audio video here on YouTube. We hope this will be a blessing to you.